Welcome to Long Live the Music, a podcast from It's All Dead, made by music fans for music fans. I'm Kyle Hawk. Welcome to Long Live the Music. I'm Kyle Hawk. Thank you for joining me on the show today. Uh, it is April. Um, we were gone for a few weeks. We're back. We're inspired. Uh, I'm here with my good pals, Kyle Schultz and Nadia Alves. How are the two of you doing today on this fine spring evening? I'm uh, I'm fantastic. I've finished up a bunch of freelance projects. I finally uh, am remembering what free time feels like. It's terrifying. Um, and there, it's not raining, and they said it would, and there's just sunshine and warm weather. So uh, the only way I could be better if I was, if I was high-fiving some owls. <laughs> Perfect. Nadia, what about you? What's up? Straight chilling. You know yeah. me, straight chilling. <clears throat> Have things warmed up in the Northeast? Yes, actually. It was, let's take a look. It got up to 63 today, and that was great. Nice. Boy, yeah. y'all are living the life. It's been like raining all day here. It's in the 50s right now, but I'm drinking a Sam Adams summer ale, and I'm pretending that we've we've entered a new stage of life. That's that's how I'm approaching it. It's, it's all I can Beautiful do Beautiful delusional today. creature. <laughs> Well, sometimes we spin our wheels on the podcast and we like to kind of brainstorm ideas uh, back and forth. But Nadia, um, so, you know, a couple times a week, she'll send me um, a text with a link to a TikTok video. I, I think you just say TikTok. I don't know. Uh, I've still never downloaded the app, but I click on the links and it opens in my browser on my phone. That's That's how old I am. And, uh, and, I, and I watch them and always get a, a good chuckle out of it. And, and that's something about that is what kicked off tonight's discussion. But before, I mean, let's start with this. Nadia, what is TikTok? Can you explain that to us? Don't, don't do this to me. You make the age <laughs> disparity huge when you say, what is a TikTok? Well, you are, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you're, you're the in crowd here. Um, I know. No, I, I know what TikTok is. I just haven't downloaded the app. I no, know don't. that if I it's do, in, I'm going to sit there and just like watch stuff all the time. But I appreciate all the stuff that you send. And a lot of it, I'm amazed there's so many like content creators like covering the scene of music that we love. And you sent me one, uh, I think it was last week. And the, the creator of this TikTok video is Alyssa May. Uh, so hi, Alyssa. Um, doubt you're listening. But Nadia, you must have just run across this organically. I guess. Do you know her or is this just like it just came up in your. No, this is an algorithm, uh, an algorithm choice. OK, um, so anyway, it's a it's a short TikTok and it's basically like pulling from Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Like, um, you know, the concept, if you've not like read the graphic novels or seen the movie, Scott uh, falls for this young lady, Ramona Flowers. And in order to date her, he has to defeat um, her seven deadly exes. And so the, it's kind of like a video game type setting. Um, it's a really fun movie. We were just talking about it. Some of it doesn't hold up great, but the, the con conceptually it's, it's a really fun, uh, fun story, but she, Alyssa in this TikTok is basically presenting it as if you want to date me, you have to listen to my seven favorite albums. And, this kind of like conjured up an idea for us to like, well, what would this, what would this look like for each of us? Um, and so we're going to podcast about that. We're going to talk about our 
seven deadly albums or I, I don't know. I think we each probably thought of it a little bit differently and came up with our own list in a really unique way. Um, but Nadia, when you came across this, I think you even said to me at the time of like, is this a podcast idea? What were the first things that kind of went through your mind when you came across it? Well, so it was kind of a minor TikTok trend. I, I saw a few of them. I'm not sure who originated it. Um, mm. <clears throat> but so a lot of people actually had more than seven albums. They just kind of ran through a bunch of album covers. Um, but I thought it was interesting because when Jeremiah and I were dating, we would make playlists for each other. And we had a master playlist that we would add songs to um, whenever we felt the time was right. Um Kind of like how Spotify did the shared playlists. We just did that like way ahead of the game because we were hashtag cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we had a lot of songs and albums that were, you know, that became special for us in that time because it was what we were listening to personally. And so, you know, it was kind of a special thing that we had started. Um, so when I saw it come across, I was like, that's so funny because like I kind of already did that. Um, yeah. With Jeremiah. Well so. Well, it's interesting because, um, and I don't think I've told this story on the podcast, but when I met my wife, Jen, um, we met online, we, on the, on the, on the old computer, um, we met and, uh, this was like back before like the dating apps on your smartphone, but you, there were still dating websites and we, we met, we lived in different cities and before we met up in person for the first time, cause actually it was like a two hour trip to, to go meet her. She had presented the idea to me of like, we should uh, create a mix CD of our top 20 songs of all time. And then kind of like write out these descriptions of why the songs rank on the list where they did not knowing at all at the time that that's like my love language. Like I was like, Oh my God, are you serious? Like this is like the, the coolest first date thing that's ever happened. And, uh, and it was a blast and it became like a huge part of our story. And at our five year anniversary, we updated the list again. Um, and we're going to do it again next year for our 10th anniversary. So I've, like this immediately kind of like spoke to me because it's like, just like you're saying, Nadia, I kind of had that, that experience. Um, Kyle, I know we brought this up to you uh, secondhand. Uh, what were your kind of first reactions? I know you're a big fan of the movie. Um, what were your thoughts uh, just on the, the concept of doing this? Um, a little uniquely, I'm kind of living through this at the moment. Uh, I've been in a relationship for about, three months now. And part of that has just been, you know, we're, we're get, still getting to know each other a little bit. We're fairly comfortable, but like, um, starting dating and stuff, it just be like, Oh, what do you want to do this weekend? Me will watch a movie. Also, you should listen to this and I'll just throw an album at her and, uh, see what sticks and what doesn't. And, um, it, it's one of those things where like, I've almost kind of been doing this in the meantime. So when this came up, I was like, Ooh, I get to specify this will be neat. And um, one of the first things we did, I made a playlist for of just like songs I thought she would like. And um, apparently it went over really well. And uh, it, it's one of those things where like I hadn't really thought about that much. But when I came down to just grabbing the few albums that I wanted for this idea, uh, maybe half the music from that playlist came from these albums. Wow, that's awesome. Well, I, you know, like Nadia said, apparently this was a whole trend of like your seven favorite albums. I didn't do that because like I, to me, there's a distinction in my head. Like I could give you my seven favorite albums, but 
when I thought about this, if I thought about it of approaching like a completely new person, I wanted to give them like an encapsulation of me through listening to music. I thought about, uh, you know, in last year on the site at It's All Dead, I kicked off this thing that I'm doing where I'm exploring the different eras of my life and the particular music artists that defined each era. And it was really, it's been a fascinating exercise because it's made me think like really deeply and existentially about the music that has impacted my life and why. So when I thought about this, I thought about it. And and some of the albums on the seven are like favorite albums of mine. It's not that these are albums I don't like or something. I love these albums, but the albums represent like the album came out, I experienced it and there was some sort of shift within me in the way that I approached like art and culture and music. The the album did. So like, if you listen to the seven sequentially, you would see a different step forward that Kyle, the person has taken um, both in the type of music that he enjoys, but just, Kyle is the person too. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how this goes. Nadia, how did you? What was what was your like? What was your algorithm for putting together your list? Well, so I actually went back through the. Po- uh, I almost said the podcast um, through the playlists um, and took a couple of things from there and kind of thought about what I was listening to at that point in time. Um, but I remember very specifically showing Jeremiah an album. Um, towards the beginning of our relationship. And um, I said, I'm like afraid to show you this album. I said, because what if it doesn't work out? And then like it ruins the album for me forever. Um, Obviously that didn't happen. Um, But that's kind of like what I thought about was albums that really did mean something to me at that point in time um, that I would want to show people, but also like also want to keep it for myself a little bit. Um, but I am glad that I was able to influence Jeremiah's music taste because that's obviously yeah. what happens, even though he will deny that. I, I like that a lot. That's actually really, that's really interesting, a really, uh, interesting thought approach to this. Well, and, and since you're the one that found the, uh, the TikTok video clip, um, and presented the idea, I'm going to let you kick it off. So you're going to give us your seven albums and talk to us about why, why these seven are the the ones all right do you want me to go right down the list and then talk what are we what are we thinking here you, you do whatever let's go feels straight right. down all right so um we'll start with the album that actually i showed jeremiah and that is the piece of wild things by paper route i don't know if you guys are paper route fans i think that one's from 2012 great album um i have brand new eyes by paramore obviously classic um cities by amberlin memento mori by flyleaf Peripheral Vision by Turnover, Absent Sounds from Indian Lakes, and Keep You by Pianos Become the Teeth. Okay. So, yeah. Tell us why why these these are the albums that belong on the list here. Yeah. So, I suppose we'll start with Cities, since I feel like that's the oldest album on the list. That was a high school find that has stuck with me forever. Um, and it was one of the things that Jeremiah and I actually bonded over was our love for Amberlin. Um, but, yeah. So, a lot of these bands albums are just special there are times in like 2015 was a really tough year a lot of the albums here are from 2015 or that like time span um and absent sounds is one of the first albums that i wrote about when i had my own music website back in the day um so i don't know i feel like they're just kind of hallmarks of personality and timelines and i don't know they just they they stick out in a uh in a timeline for me yeah, that makes sense. I 
uh, Anne Berlin is interesting. Jen actually asked me if I was going to put Anne Berlin on, on my list. And the thing for me is like, I didn't know how to pick like the one album from them that was going to make the most sense for this, just because like I could argue myself into like five of their albums. Same, which is why I picked Cities Gateway. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, you know, it's arguably their best and it's the most eclectic and the most different and interesting. So that, that totally adds up. Was it hard for you? I know uh, pianos become the teeth and from Indian lakes or other kind of like big bands for you where you have like multiple albums from them that you enjoy. Was it tough on either of those to kind of narrow down? Um, no, cause I, again, I kind of went with the formative albums from each of them that kind of got me into them. Um, as you know, I listened to wait for love, which is piano becomes the teeth's, I think fourth album, uh, every day, the year it came out, um, literally every single day. But I did that with absent sounds as well, which came out in 2013. Um, so yeah, I guess it's just a bunch of albums that I got obsessed with for a year and <laughs> I guess just, uh, stuck around for a while. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, Kyle, I'm going to let you take the floor here with your list. Give me them reins. I'm going to take them. Um, well, my, my thing is I love a lot of bands that a lot of people like, but they stop listening to it after the one hit or after a certain album or something. Um, so it's also is when I'm meeting someone, uh, and they're like, so what type of music are you into? I'll be like, oh, I, I love Newfound Glory. And they're like, oh, yeah, I, I love My Friends Are Over You. My Friends Over You. And it's just, that's cool. That's also 20 years old. Have you followed them since then? No? Right. Okay. I guess this is as deep as this conversation is going to get. So it a lot of my favorite bands, you know, a lot of people know, but they only know one or two things about them. So it's one of those things where um, I specifically – when uh, I made this playlist for Nicole a few months ago, I specifically specifically went for bands that I knew she'd either heard of or enjoyed and then tried to find music that was outside of the norm or outside of their big hit that um, would challenge that just a little bit to see if uh, that magic was still recognized. Um, and it, it's something where it's familiar and yet unfamiliar at the same time. So in no particular order, I have uh, AFI's Crash Love, which I do consider to be one of the greatest albums of all time. Uh, even hardcore AFI fans kind of split down the middle on if they love it or not. I think it's their magnum opus. I actually just had a conversation with someone else this week who absolutely hate that album, and they are dead to me. Um, <laughs> the the AFI message boards are firing up as we speak, as they're listening, getting ready to... Bring me your hate, and I love you all. Please don't hurt me. <laughs> Uh, additionally, I have Hello Goodbyes, Would It Kill You? Um, you know, that for a hot minute, they were the band. They had a top 40 single. Everyone knew them. Everyone still knows them, but no one still listens to them. Uh, Would It Kill You was the first album they put out after like five years after they had a number one hit on radio and then just disappeared. Um, and they spent the, that entire time writing this perfect, perfect pop album where it's a nice mix of just indie rock and uh weird instrumentation it's weirdly orchestral and it's a perfect just love album the entire thing's wonderful throughout and it's still within maybe the top 10 albums i've ever listened to and it's been out for 12 years um next up i have the interrupters fight the good fight uh mm -hmm. little known fact is i love ska music with the passion of a thousand burning suns 
And um, the interrupters, I kind of lost that for a little bit. And when the interrupters kind of really hit the stage, uh, it reignited that in a hard way to the point where after I listened to Fight the Good Fight, there was a six-month period where I almost couldn't listen to anything other than ska. Like, I made a massive playlist. (laughs) Um, Did I ever tell you my infamous uh, drunk walking down the street story? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. We got to hear it now, though. So during the pandemic, I was um, living with my girlfriend at the time, just kind of, you know, waiting things out, like in the dead heat of it. And uh, so my apartment was just empty. And one night I decided to go home, just check on things. You know, everything's still there. The power's still on everything. And I found some uh, beer I'd bought in like right before everything shut down. It was just in the fridge and I forgot about it. So I was like, well, I'm just going to sit at home for a minute, kind of, you know, be around my things. And I guess I'll just enjoy myself a little bit. And um, I forgot that it was like 9% and it didn't feel like it. So after a couple of them, I go walking back to where I was staying and I put on my headphones and I have my ska playlist and I just started skanking my way down the sidewalk for a mile and a half. Um, And it was just dancing the entire way. People were walking, kind of looking at me. And one couple... I met at a cross section where they're coming up to me and they gave me this odd look and I just shouted at them. I'm the North side skanker and just kept going. <laughs> wow. That is incredible. I I'm amazed that this story lasted until now. That's the most polite way anyone's ever told me I have a problem. <laughs> uh, next up I have uh, the Fratelli's Costello music, which I consider to be an almost perfect and flawless album. Um, a lot of people know the Fratellis, especially in Chicago. They're, you know, the theme song of the Blackhawks, but they only know either the uh, Chelsea Dagger, which is, you know, the Blackhawks song or uh, Flathead, which was on the iPod commercials 17 years ago. Oh, my God, I'm old. Um, but the entire album is this amazing concept of just it's pub music where the entire thing is just a night out on the town in uh, London and just, you know, being drunk, kind of falling in love, going from a show to a show and uh, everything just going crazy. And then it ends with this just wrap up of kind of reflecting on just all the debauchery and terribleness. And the entire thing is told through like characters and storylines and it's incredible. And it, it challenges everything I know about how you write music and uh, the, the Fratellis have never really followed up truly, but it's one of those things where it's so important to me. I've always wondered why no one in like looks into it deeper than one or two songs. Um, naturally I have lucky boys confusion throwing the game. It's their big, uh, album. It's the Chicago theme album. I think the entire thing's just, a party album. There is elements of rock, punk, ska, rap. Um, it's amazing. It it's what every Chicagoan should know. And um, there's a certain generation where they all know it. Uh, and it's kind of they're they've worked their way back onto the scene here. But it's something that I'm really passionate about. Um, next up, I have Newfound Glory's Resurrection. Um, Newfound Glory. A lot of people know them. Uh, almost everyone I talk to music, they know Newfound Glory, but they only know, you know, the hits. Um, and Resurrection is one of those where they've been my favorite band for almost a quarter of a century now. And for a hot second, I kind of felt like I was tiring out on them. Yeah, I was just kind of growing past it. 
and Resurrection came out and it's the only album of theirs that instead of just love songs, the entire thing is it's a rebranding. They introduce easy core, which is a very hard weakness I have in music. I love it. Um, and it's, it introduced an element into their sound that they still have today. Uh, it's the only album where they get angry because it's a revenge album against, you know, their former guitarist that was kicked out of the band. Uh, it includes the only song they've ever sworn on that I am aware of. Um, and it's this weird, fun mix of just hope and rage kind of combining together. And it's oddly romantic in a weird way. Um, and then last up uh, is Green Day's 21st Century Breakdown. Uh, I don't know if I can claim it to be the grest, the best Green Day album, also their Grest album, if you prefer. Um, I think American Idiot might be their their best album ever, but 21st Century Breakdown, what American Idiot did for punk rock, 21st Century Breakdown did for uh, classic rock and rock in general, where it's just, it took the rock el- opera element and infused it with just kind of more of a classic sound instead of um, punk rock. And it's a storyline between several characters going through. Uh, it's very in the moment. Uh, it's, it's very political, but it's so varied and differential and no one talks about it because it had to follow up American idiot. And I, I feel like it matches American idiot as the best album they've ever made. Um, if not slightly surpasses it in several ways. And it's just, it's not remembered at all because they have so many gigantic albums and gigantic songs that this just kind of gets lost in the mix. Well, that is um, a great list. The interesting thing is like, I probably could have guessed certain artists that were going to be on the list, but the albums that you chose would not have been what I expected. Like, for example, I would have expected American Idiot, uh, as your green day album or maybe a different newfound glory album. So, um, uh, you're full of surprises. I love it. That was, uh, that was really great. And as you were talking, it kind of reminds me, you know, we're talking about this of like the, you have to list these albums of date me or whatever. We, we kind of did this getting to know each other, Kyle. And I know we've told the story a hundred times about meeting at Angie's list because of that Sayosin poster I had at my desk or whatever. But it, I remember early on, it was like, I was like, hey, listen to this Hands Like Houses album. And you were like, hey, listen to this Donald Glover stand-up CD. Like, you know, and I when you meet somebody who you can like get to know them by sharing that music back and forth, it's kind of a cool thing. Obviously, that's the whole reason we're talking about this. Um, and speaking of the unexpected albums, I, I want to go back for just a second to Nadia, because I I forgot to ask this in the moment. You mentioned brand new eyes. Uh, being on the list that one surprised me for your paramore choice but also like how much does like that's kind of a angry uh angsty album of theirs i mean there's always i guess kind of that level to some of their music but that one more than anything like uh, take me through like choosing a paramore album and then how much does like the lyrical content impact like you know, what you're sharing as well. I don't know. I didn't ask that very well, but maybe you got what I was saying. I'm sad. <laughs> that's why. I'm sad. Oh. <laughs> I'm sad. That's that, all. That's, that's because <laughs> of the album pick. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, brand new eyes. Uh, so sad. So sad. Just like me. Um, <laughs> I don't know. There's something about brand new eyes that has always stuck out to me. Um, 
turn it off, misguided ghost, the all I wanted note that I try to hit every time I'm in the car. Um, mm. It's just so sad, but it's also so cathartic. It makes you feel better. Um, but no, seriously, brand new eyes. I feel like I want to say it's the Paramore album that feels the most fleshed out to me. Um, like, yes, obviously we have All We Know, great debut album. We have Riot, great breakthrough album. Brand new eyes. And I mean, I guess to a lesser extent, they're self-titled. Um, feel like the two truly most Paramore to me. Um, there's something about them going through the personal stuff um, and writing songs about it um, that I don't know. That still kind of feels so real to me. And then there's obviously, you know, the whole Haley Williams not being into church thing, um, which happens <laughs> to the best of us. Um, but yeah, I just I feel like that's one of those albums that has always stuck out to me just for the honesty of it. Um, so we love Brand New Eyes. Also, I'm sad. <laughs> was that a part of your stuff too, Kyle, thinking through? Because you kind of talked about some of the thematic ele- elements of the albums. Is that part of what gets communicated in addition to just like, here's what this sounds like? Yeah, it, it's one of those things where, um, you know, a lot of it's a little different than just romantic music or anything like that. Like it, it's one of those yeah. things where it's just, here's some emotions it's not all going to be anger it's not all going to be love it's not all going to be just um pessimism or anything but it's just here's a nice variety that seems like it matches together in a weird uh eclectic way you know it's funny i mentioned the mixed cds that my wife and i made for our first date i made the very bold choice of putting under oath's writing on the walls as the the first track for somebody who like literally does not listen to like any sort of like rock music or heavy music or anything of the sort and then uh the first song she hears is like this really heavy screamy angry song and uh thankfully she didn't uh break up with me right there um but <laughs> those that are the risks you run choice and i like it <laughs> oh boy Kyle 10 years ago, whatever it is, you're an idiot. You're still an idiot, but you're, you're trying. Uh, all right. So I'm going <laughs> to, Kyle just spit out his beer. Um, all right. I'm going to try my list here, uh, out on everybody. So I'm, I'm going to go in order and it's kind of like a sequential order. The first album is in utero by Nirvana. And this album is like central to who I am as a music consumer um you know obviously everybody knows never mind it's the album that kind of changed the the face of popular music uh forever and it has all the songs that everybody knows and if you know Kurt Cobain's story at all you know how difficult that was for him as a person to manage like massive popularity uh with the songs that he wrote and in utero they literally you know they went into Steve Albini's uh living room and they recorded like just the most raw album possible. And um, it's, it's awesome. I, I prefer this album so much because it speaks to, you know, Kurt Cobain is one of my favorite artists of all time. And it speaks to his desire to create something so true to himself and even kind of at the expense of, 
some sort of mass popularity. And it's an album that people didn't really know what to do with at the time. And then over the course of the past 25 years or, you know, whatever uh, it's come to now that the album has come to be revered as it is, but that album really is at the heart of what I love um, about, uh, about Nirvana and about music in general. Um, so next up is Outcast, Equimini. And when I did the uh, era's, of my life music series that I was writing about outcast was the first artist that defined a specific area of my life. And I started kind of choosing my own music and choosing my own path. This album that really helped me fall in love with rap music. Um, I didn't realize at the time, like how different it was than anything. I mean, I knew it was nothing like anything I was listening to at the time, but even in the hip hop world, it was an album that was just so different from what, uh, hip hop was turning into as a mainstream art form. And to this day, you know, Big Boy and Andre 3000, the two of them together, um, it it was a really special time to have such two unique artists kind of like slamming together at high speed and creating stuff that didn't feel like it should make sense, but it totally did. Um, and that album was just so instrumental for me. And I feel like people need, someone would need to hear it to like understand my, my journey. Um, and that leads into Kanye West, the college dropout, um, which came out in college for me. And I've talked ad nauseum about this album and what it meant to my life. I don't think there's an album that takes me back to a specific place in time as viscerally in my memory as the college dropout. Um, not only did it fit everything that I loved about just the art of hip hop music, but just and awkwardly now has been discussed <laughs> over and over politically for me at the time, it was so aligned uh, just with like, you know, societal issues and injustices and race and all these things. Like it, it was just an album that just felt like it was crafted in such a way that it was always going to impact me the way that it did. And when I listen to it now, it still means the world to me, even after uh, everything about Kanye has come crumbling down. Uh, and then <clears throat> Right in the middle here, we've got Under Oath, Define the Great Line. Uh, I've, again, talked about this album and this band more than anybody would ever want to hear me talk about, but it's an album that changed the way that I listen to music. Um, I'd never heard anything like this. I was a fan of their Only Chasing Safety, this melodic, screamo, sort of fun album. And then here comes Define the Great Line, and they just, after this moment of popularity, decided to change everything about the way that they sounded and the entire, like, just their music just sounds completely different and it's really heavy and there's no choruses and it's like all over the place and it made them even bigger than the previous album did. And I've always respected that so much. It's kind of going back to the in utero concept of what I love about music. When somebody just takes such a massive artistic risk that pays off so huge. And obviously this is an album that changed the course of the scene um, and brought <laughs> like a million lookalike bands out of the woodwork trying to capture what they'd done with that album. The other one I weighed here was Seos and Self-Titled, which is my actual favorite album of all time. Um, they both came out the same year, but Define the Great Line and The Moment had more of like a, a shift in me in the way that I approach music, even though the Seos and Self-Titled album is one that I am more inclined to listen to. Um, then I've got Carly Rae Jepsen, Emotion. Um, one of the things that uh, when Jen and I did our kind of five-year redo of our top songs, you know, looking back on that initial list I did, there was only one song of my top 20 songs that was written by a woman. And I, I've talked about that realization moment I had 
and it wasn't long after we started it's all dead where i realized like how male centric the art i consumed was and i made a commitment that i was going to be listening to more women uh more music made by women that i would listen to music made by men just to force myself to kind of like change a really ugly habit i had and this album was a, a huge part of that not to mention it's the album that finally helped me get over this mental hurdle i'd put in place in my head that like pop music is bad or something even though i'd loved pop music my entire life but was too embarrassed to talk about it or admit it emotion was the album that helped me finally be like you know what fuck this this is great uh not to mention that it captures like the 80s synth pop type sound that i love and has really been like you know for the past five six seven years has been probably the genre of music that i've known to the most so uh carly ray jepson gets the nod on this list and to go along with that my current the current era that I'm in right now is defined by Halsey and uh, their debut album, Badlands was um, an album that just like emotion helped me kind of like change my course of listening and also rethink certain things that I had in my head about what pop music was supposed to sound like. I think Halsey has been an incredible artist at sort of pushing the boundaries of what pop music is, what it means, what it says. And she's done so much great work and different types of uh, music. All of her albums are so different, but Badlands was really the thing that kicked it off. And it's one of my favorite albums of all time to boot. So uh, I feel like somebody needs to hear that to kind of understand the current stage of life that I'm in. And then for my final one, this is weird, but I had to choose something that I, like, I'm obsessed with right now. Because if you're meeting me right now, you kind of just need to know what the thing is that I'm obsessed with in this moment. And that is Spirit Box. Um, again, I've been talking about them for going on a year now, but Eternal Blue not only was my favorite album of last year, but it's an album that I've almost, I'm almost falling in love with it more every time I listen to it. I had the chance to see him in concert a few weeks back. We've got the the write-up and photo gallery of that uh, on the site. It's all dead.com. Um, but yeah, if you want to know me right now, Eternal Blue, not, not only is it just an album I like, but again, it's one of those things that's like shifting in my head. Like, well, what does metal music mean to me? Like, what is it supposed to sound like? What is it supposed to say? And who's supposed to make it? Spirit Box is a band that's like literally challenging all of those things. And I love that about that band. So uh, there you go. There are my seven. Um, Kyle, are, are you willing to date me after that? You know, you're the love of my life. <laughs> I want what you guys have. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say honorable mentions? Am I allowed to do that? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Gladly. I'll offer up my own question <laughs> to answer. Um, Fully Ado by Fall Out Boy. Hot Fuss by The Killers. Is a Real Boy in Hebrews by Say Anything. And Emery, We Do What We Want. Anybody else have any honorable mentions that were just, I don't want to say not good enough because they're all good enough in my heart. I'm making heart hands right now. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like there seven albums is so hard. I had a very difficult time with this. Yeah, I mean, there's so many albums. I could have made a list of seven entirely different albums that I still feel like would have communicated what I wanted this list to communicate. I think that's the hardest part about it for me is like having a lifetime worth of albums that mean something to you. And how do you distill that to seven, right? Absolutely. Thank you. You always say it better. Uh <laughs> I have two honorable mentions, and I do have a question for both of you. Uh, my honorable mentions are The Regrets, How Do You Love? Uh, I've been obsessed with that for like three years, and 
I love that band so much. It, it's one of those things where I'm obsessed with getting more people into them because they're so young. They're so uh, good at what they do. I I want more people to like them. So I was like, if you love me, listen to this. Um, yeah. And also uh, Southern Air by Yellow Card. It, mm. Mm. I personally think that might be their best album. And it, it just, it always feels like it's overlooked. And I don't know if that's the case or not, but it's just, it's never... It up in conversation but it, it it just feels like it needs to be heard more um and important to more people than it it seems like it is well yeah i mean and that came out like right after you and i met and we were obsessed with it like i remember driving around and and listening to that too because it was like I, I don't know like in the moment it just felt like they had reached their pinnacle and i think a lot of people felt that but you're right as time has passed i feel like People talk about it less and less. This is all the more the reason why we're meant to be together. <laughs> well, Nadia was saying that she thought our list would overlap. I felt confident that they weren't going to because I knew my list and I had a feeling about some of the stuff that'd be on Nadia's. Kyle, you know my listening habits as well as anybody. Was my list, did it feel aligned with what you were expecting or was there anything that kind of like took you by surprise? It it was more in line than I expected. Um, I didn't quite realize Kanye West would rank so high on that. I was waiting for Carly Rae Jepsen, though. Yeah. Yeah. I that It's funny, because when I brought this up to Jen that we were doing this, that was like the first thing she brought up. She's like, oh, well, Carly Rae Jepsen's emotion is on it. I was like, oh, yeah, well, you know me well. Um, did you have a did you say you were going to ask something, Kyle? Yeah, I'm I'm curious. What was the album that was easiest for you guys to put on and which one which one was the hardest to decide on? Mm, that is a good question. Oh, no. I think the easiest for me was Spirit Box Eternal Blue because it just came out and it's the thing that I'm obsessed with right now and if you met me right now that'd be the first thing I talked about. So that felt the easiest. I think the hardest for me was like uh I guess I was trying to decide about Badlands by Halsey, mostly because I knew Carly Rae was going to be on there like we talked about. And both those albums came out the same year in 2015. And it felt weird to have two albums from the same year for some reason. So that was when I went back and forth on. But if I left it off, I was going to put Seosin on. But that came out the same year as Find the Great Line. So I was in this weird uh, tug of war between both options causing a problem in my weird brain. What about you, Nadia? Uh... I'm looking at it. I'm staring at it. Truly staring. Probably, probably pianos become the teeth, which I don't think anybody is surprised by, um, because I have like a an an intense love for that band. I don't really know what it is. There's something about I saw them live and it sold me. Um, yeah, because that album came out 2015. Um, loved it when it first came out. Um, it was their first like melodic hardcore album, so it was. Um, less abrasive than their couple last albums before that. Um, and then I saw them live, which actually they played with, oh, what did they play with? They played with Let Live, um, I think. Nope, no, it wasn't Let Live. It was Turnover. It was this band called Take One Car. And then they were third in line. And then the last band of the night was The World is a Beautiful Place and I'm No Longer Afraid to Die. Um, wow, that's a crazy lineup. Yeah, man. It was really good. 
a great time. It was right in like my hometown too. So I didn't even have to drive. It made it all the better. Um, But yeah, I don't know. There's something about hearing that album live after you like love an album for so long that just kind of deepens the affection. Um, But yeah. So that was the easy one. What was the hard one? For me, that was the easy one. Yeah. The hardest one. I don't. I don't feel like any of them were very hard. It was more about the hardest one to keep off, um, which would be probably one of the Say Anything albums because those rank so highly on my lists, Um, which Jeremiah got me into Say Anything. And then as I got obsessed with Say Anything, I realized he didn't like them as much as I thought he did. Um, So at first I kind of liked them because I was like, oh, you're just going to like impress Jeremiah. But then uh, I ended up actually falling in love with Say Anything, Um, which is another story for another day. But yeah. It's funny because Say Anything was a band that Jen pretended to like when we were early stages of dating, only to find out later that she didn't like them at all. Because that's wild. You're trying to be nice about people's things they like when you're dating somebody and not and not be like, yeah. this sucks and, and I don't want to hear it anymore. So when I listen to Say Anything religiously, as I do, um, Jeremiah's like, wow, you really still listen to them, huh? And I'm like, yeah, I do, Ouch. because Max Bemis is actually a genius, I think. Um, even if he doesn't know it or even if he doesn't want to admit it. Huh, see what I did there? There you go. That was a good one. <laughs> Oops, I just like hit my hand thing instead of the mute button. I thought you were like high-fiving us. Um, I'm high-fiving myself. There you go. I dig it. Well, this was this was fun. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, hopefully you all did as well. I appreciate Nadia. Thanks for the suggestion. And thanks for all the TikTok videos. Keep them coming. One of these oh, days I will download that app. No, um, don't. Don't squander <laughs> your life away. Oh, boy. Um, Kyle, thank you as well. Thanks for being on the show. No problem. Cheers. That is going to do it for this episode of Long Live the Music. If you like what you hear, well, first, drop what you're doing and come visit us at It's All Dead. Dot com and then follow us along on our social media channels. We're not on TikTok. I guess we should be. Nadia may have to start the It's All Dead TikTok Definitely uh, not. channel. Um, but we're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. And of course, give our podcast a nice review if you like it on Apple Podcasts. All right. That's it. Thanks for being here. I'm Kyle Hawk. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Long Live the Music. If you like our show, come find us on Twitter and Facebook at It's All Dead. And of course, come visit our website, itsalldead.com. <laughs>